Okay, we're starting. We're ready. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, Baruch Hashem. We are on page 185. Yeah, we finished the first paragraph on page 184. We're up to now 185, chapter 2. The, uh, the goal of receiving the Torah, ultimately, is not just the information, the wisdom that God gives us in Torah. The wisdom and information we receive through Torah, of course, is beautiful. It's a wonderful place in our relationship with Hashem, an amazing place, an integral spot, no question about it, the information. But the Torah itself says that, uh, that Torah, in terms of its wisdom and understanding and intellect, the academia of Torah, it says, Kehi uvinaschem to define, to limit, to restrict relationship with Hashem based upon that wisdom, understanding, and academia, that's how the world at large sees the Jewish perspective, the Jewish relationship with God. People of the book, understanding, study, it's amazing, Pasuk and Torah. It's your wisdom and your understanding, the eyes of the world at large. But as far as the Jew needs to understand and appreciate, Relationship far, far transcends just chachma ubina. That's le'eneha amin to the world at large. It appreciates godliness through the wisdom of Torah. It sees Jewish people as the people of the book. If the Jewish people are taught there's something beyond that, there's something that doesn't limit the restrict and restrict relationship to understanding chachma and bina, it's what's known to us as the keser, the crowns that the Jewish people receive as a gift, as a response to when they said Nasa before Nishma. And we discussed in great detail over the last couple of days, we discussed that the Kesser represents, um, oh my gosh, you can't see me. No, good. Where, Thank I, you where did I go? <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. I apologize. Thank you. I was in the world of thought. I wasn't in the world of experience. Um, okay, thanks for sharing that uh, with me. Uh, okay. So, so the, the, the importance of what happens to the Jewish people at Sinai is not just the information, <laughs> the sharing of information of Chachma Bina, it's the fact that God gave us a covenant, a connection to him, to be the concept known as Keser, the two grounds that the Jewish people receive for saying, Nasev and Nishman, we're discussing great detail over the last two classes, the idea of the crown being this place of beautiful, surrounding, internal divine essence of Hashem, like the crown that surrounds and encompasses a place of silence before information being shared, the depth of the relationship that goes to the core and essence of the Jew, of Torah, and God himself. And that's the crowning level of Ketzer, as we discussed in the first paragraph, we discussed it in subsequent paragraphs as well. So now we're up to chapter two, page 185, and we'll see what is the process that we need to do regularly on a yearly basis to once again capture that relationship, that depth, that we relate to HaKadosh Baruch not just in study itself and have a geshmak appreciation for understanding Torah. There's no question about it. There's something beautiful in that relationship, that pride, that joy in understanding and having that level of relationship but here we're being taught that there's something beyond that 
that resents something far, far more infinite, something much more essential to the relationship between God, Jew, and Torah. The Yuvan continues the rabbi, page 185. The Yuvan Torah. So let's go back a little bit in Jewish history and let's understand the whole theme of Exodus and Revelation. Exodus from Mitzrayim and Revelation at Sinai. Says the Rebbe, that guess what? These are not two disconnected events. They really lead into the other. Remember when the when the when there was the big uh, emigration from Russia, the Soviet Union. A lot of Jewish people were coming out, so people were saying, "Let my people go." And thank God, many many Russian Jewish people were able to leave the former Soviet Union. And at that point, the Rebbe said, people forgot to quote the whole puzzle. The whole verse reads, let my people go so that they shall serve me. Shalach ami abduni. You have to make sure to get ready for the Russian Jewish people coming, that they have places to study Torah, learn about their heritage that they couldn't while back in the Soviet Union. Because the whole idea of Exodus is Sinai. That's what it's about. Leaving Mitzrayim, leaving slavery and bondage of a Pharaoh to become servants of God. Shalach let my people go, that they shall serve me. They're identified in the service of Hashem and thereby really receiving true freedom and gaining true emancipation. Says the Rebbe, so let's understand the concept of this process of Exodus that culminates and is not getting fulfilled in terms of Exodus and redemption until you come to Sinai. Continues the Rebbe Vaita. Exodus is the beginning of the process and it culminates and the purpose is the goal, the target is coming to Sinai. That they're connected to each other. They're not disconnected events. Oh, we're in the desert. Let's go see what we hear at this mountain over here. The goal was to get from A to B, was to get to Sinai. Kamesha Kostov, as the Pasuk reads, this is that way back. God first appears to Moses and he gives them the instruction, the sleep is the mission to emancipate the Jewish people. He tells them that what's this all about? And quote, now the Bible reads, when you will take the Jewish people out of Egypt, it's about serving me at this mountain. That was the initial statement, the mission statement said by God to Moses to relate to the Jewish people. It's about coming out of Mitzrayim and not just becoming a free people, not just becoming, in a sense, out of the bondage of Egypt and the pharaohs. It's about becoming the servants of Hashem here at the mountain. Let my people go so that they shall serve me. <coughs> Continues the Rebbe. I know... Exodus, the beginning of service of Hashem, was only the hachana to was the preparatory steps to receiving the Torah. In other words, coming out of Mitzrayim, so they went through a physical liberation, and there's a certain sense of liberty there, but they really weren't free, because they still were enslaved to the culture of the Mitzrayim way of thinking. The frame of mind had not yet been able to, had not been exposed to the depths of the Torah perspective. So you could sometimes you could be liberated and not be free. Liberated from bondage 
that the externalisms that don't allow you to be who you can be are removed. So I'm liberated. I'm outside the border of Mitzrayim. But am I really a free person yet? Says God to the Jewish people, no, 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 no. Until you come to Sinai, you may be liberated, but you haven't experienced true redemption and freedom just yet. That's coming in seven weeks. There's a process of how to get from A to B, how to get to the relationship with Hashem, to the depth, which isn't just about sharing information, study, and wisdom, and science, and disciplines. It's about having a depth of relationship that goes to the context of the, the crown, the chesed, the space of community of Hashem at the essential level. Zakhtu Rebbe Vaita, so it's a three-stage process. Zakhtu Rebbe, page 185. I'm going to mute in case anybody wants to jump in at any point, feel free to do so. Unmute yourself and join me in this conversation. Remember, this is a conversation. I'm not talking on by myself. You can share back with me. And, uh, and that's good. Dr. Rebbe Vaita, I know. She would see us. Mitzramas follows the exodus. The beginning of the process was a preparation to receive the Torah. That's the target. That's the result. Not just being liberated, but being actually free. Free in the sense now you begin to really realize your true identity and purpose. Now that's freedom. When you know who you are, where you're coming from, and where you need to go. Now we're talking freedom. I'm not just being liberated from externals that obscure my reality. I know who I am. I'm a free person. I know exactly my purpose and mission. Nothing more enjoyable, fulfilling, and satisfactory is knowing exactly where I'm supposed to be and why I'm supposed to be. That's freedom, and that's Simon. There are three stages in the process that culminate in the Sinai revelation, fulfilling the ultimate level of freedom, Shehem, and they are the months of Nisan, Iyar, and Sivan. One, two, and three. These three months represent three very different stages in the emancipation process, and it begins with Nisan, goes through Iyar, and culminates in the month of Sivan. Each one has its unique mission and identity that we too, every single year, when it comes to our Nisan, and our Iyar, this Shabbos, my friends, is Shabbos Mubarakim, the month of Iyer, and then Sivan and Mir Tzashem, they represent the three-stage processes how we too can get these crowns, this Kesser, the surrounding energy and protection of divine truth in our lives. Says the Rebbe, Fascinating, says the Rebbe. See, Rebbe picks up on these small things and nuances that most of us don't overlook. The Rebbe says, there are only three months of the year that the Torah talks about that are all associated with the story of Exodus. And when the Torah talks about these three particular months, it mentions the first month from Exodus, the second month from Exodus, and the third month from Exodus. So the Torah will talk about the fourth month, the seventh month, all of the months, but it doesn't refer to them as months from Exodus. But these three, the Torah says, the first month of Exodus, the second month of Exodus, and the third. Clearly, it's part of the Exodus program. The first, second, and third months. In other words, the Torah will speak about other months, but doesn't associate them with Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. But these months it does. As there was going to quote for us all these three passages, but these three particular months are being associated with and identified with Exodus. 
Zuck the Rebbe One, two, three. Six lines from the top of the page. We're all together. We're good. Zuck the Rebbe Time for a coffee break. Let's see Mukhayim. Mukhayim, Mukhayim. Okay. Zuck the Rebbe the first month of Exodus, of course, that took place in the month we're in right now, the month of Nisan, as the Torah says, we read this on Passover, the month of spring, the month you left Egypt, stage number one, Exodus, month of Nisan. Then the second month continues the Rebbe, the month of Eir. Next week, and there too, the Rebbe quotes from the Bible, whereby the month of Eir is also associated with Exodus, part of the process. And he quotes the verse, it says, on the first day of the second month, of the second year, let's say somebody edits Mitzrayim, when they left Mitzrayim, in other words, when the Torah talks about the month of Eeyore in the next year after Exodus, it says this is the second month from the second year of Exodus. So the Pasik is referencing the second month also with the story of Exodus. Biblically, scripturally speaking, the first month is associated with Exodus. Here to the second month, says the Rebbe, even though the simple interpretation of the Pasik is that when the Torah references the second month to Exodus, it means the second year from Exodus. But the Zohar says that that the whole verse, not just the second year from Exodus, but also the second month of Exodus as well, that the whole phrase, second month, month of year, of the second year is a month associated with Exodus story. So here too, the Torah links the second month of year as being connected to the story and the process of Exodus. Okay, that's the second month of year. The Nimtsa comes out. That in order to facilitate Exodus through freedom and emancipation, you need to go through a Nissan process and an year process. The second month, it's all referencing the fact that the second month is from Exodus. And finally, the third month, the third month, Sivan, which is there to the Torah says, it says in Parshish Yeshua in Exodus, it says, on the third month, what kind of third month from when? Hold on to your chairs. The third month from when they left Mitzrayim. Again, three particular months of the many months of the year that the Torah specifies explicitly as being months associated with the story and process of Exodus. Although, hold on a second. The month of Nisan is the first month of all the months of the year. becomes the first of all the months of the year. Not just the first, second, and third, but the seventh, eighth, and tenth month as well. That might be true. We count all our months of the year from Nisan, the seventh month is going to be Tishrei. And when the Torah talks about the sacrifices in the month of Tishrei, it says the seventh month from Nisan. But guess what? It doesn't say seventh month from Exodus. Seventh month from Nisan, it'll say that. The fourth month, seventh month, 
I don't know about you, but I pick up on a nuance over here. It doesn't reference those months to Exodus. It just references those months from Nisan, the seventh month from Nisan, the fourth month from Nisan. Only these three months are referenced specifically to be months associated with the Exodus story. Why? Because with the these three months, because the goal, the target of Exodus is not just liberation, but freedom, true emancipation, which only culminates once the Jews receive the Torah seven weeks later. The process is a three-month process. So the Torah specifies this son, Er, and Sivan as being parts of the process of one, two, and three to get to the Sinai statement of freedom that the Jewish people receive, the level of the Kesser we spoke about yesterday in the Mimer, yesterday, the day before yesterday. Now, how do I understand that? What are the processes? What is Nisan in terms of what we, you and I need to do today? Because guess what? We're still in the month of Nisan. So if we haven't done it yet, got a couple of days left. Then you have next month of Iyar, and then the month of Sivan. We can still hop around and get involved in the process that will come in the process of the, 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 the Kesser levels, the revelation signing level at the depth of the relationship that's expected of us. I'm going to tell you right now. Ready, set, go. More specifically speaking, the first method of Exodus, the first step in the process of exodus, of the exit of, of leaving Egypt is Kameshakasu, as the Torah relates to us what happened to our ancestors then. It then needs to become something we need to focus on today. The Torah says, Ki they ran away. They ran away from Mitzrayim. They hastily ran out of Mitzrayim. It says the Rebbe, there's a message here. And the message is in the step one of culminating at Sinai is, since the Jewish people then were immersed, submerged in the 49 levels of impurity, they had now spent 210 years with neighbors and friends that were idolatrous, lived a very immoral lifestyle. There's no way that that environment did not have an effect and an impact on the Jewish family life that there was some level of an imparting of those values to the Jewish psyche. So now God says the time has come for you to leave this neighborhood, we're moving out. There has to be the sense of barakam. I may not be there in terms of the depth of the relationship to know why that's so bad and why I need to go somewhere else, but I know that that's a not, that's not good thing. That's not okay. And I can't be here anymore. I can't explain it yet. I'm not fully in tune and resonate with the different value system I'm going to receive at Sinai, but I know that for me, as a Jew, that's not okay. And I have to leave that area. I can't stay here any longer. I'm immersed in something very impure. It's a place of complete immorality. That's not a good place for a Jewish person to be. So though, I feel very much 210 years is a long time to live in a neighborhood and you become part of that community, part of that value system. 
Some of me doesn't want to leave. People don't want change. People are comfortable with the way things are. Somehow I'll be different. No, no, no. When a God of Kodesh Baruch Hu says that Exodus, you're leaving, the Jewish people had to run. Baruch Ha'am. Don't turn around. Don't look back. Just focus on where you need to go. Baruch Ha'am. So that's a Seder of Avayda for all of us as well. As we all prepare for Sinai and hope to culminate this process with Sinai Torah revelation, the first stage has to be that there are areas in our lives that we know that represent something of a negative nature. The first stage has to be, don't argue with it. Don't dialogue with it. Just run away from it. Leave it. Let it go. Just say no. It's not me. I'm not there. I am a better, I'm better than that. I need to go to a better place. Don't argue. Don't dialogue. Don't converse because you're not ready for that just yet. It's the sense of Kabbalah soul, doing what I need to do. I'll work on the fact that I'm going to, I'm going to integrate and internalize the message of the depths of a better value system, that's for the month of year. We'll talk about that later. But right now, make the right choices to put yourself in a better neighborhood, in a better place. Turn the channel. Turn the channel to a better channel. Go somewhere else. Baruch Ha'am. Say the of Say the process and the program. In this Avaida, the month of Nisan has to be I'm not yet ready to go ahead and transform my identity to overwhelm my negativity with positive information. I don't have the information yet. I'm just growing. I'm just now becoming aware of something greater, better, more beautiful, and holier. But I'm not there yet that I can actually say that I get it and that I resonate, that I resonate with that concept. I'm not holding with enough information to make those proper choices based upon a choice of, of, of discussion, of study, of dialogue. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready for what's called ishapka. I'm not ready to transform negativity. I don't have enough positive energy to make those choices. That'll only come when I have enough time to go ahead and meditate and contemplate and spend some time in thinking and allow that proper thought process to affect my emotional station of life, my emotional energy of life. I can't go there because I'm so immersed in 210 years of bad neighbors and bad influences. I don't have the ability to have a proper meditative, contemplative relationship and transform my identity, to transform my ego. I'm not ready to conquer it because I'm very much part of the problem. So what do I do? Hashem wants me to become free, to liberate myself. Says the Rebbe, you can't do that. What it means is, say the Avaidahu. It's a very important terminology in Hasidic literature. We we'll talk about it. It's called the Derech of Eskafia. There are two Kabbalistic terminologies. One is called Eshapcha, and one is called Eskafia. Eshapcha from the word Hafach, which means to transform, to convert, to change over, that you become a different person. I've transformed myself. I see, I resonate, I understand, I acclimate these different value systems and I become them through effort, through diligence, through study and working on myself. And that takes time. That, my friends, will be the month of Eir. That's coming up next week. Right now, the avoid is not eshapcha. From the word hafa, the avoid has to be eskafia. It comes to the word kofa. You compel yourself. Go to the right places. 
go to the right things, do the right things. Am I really there intricately and integrally? That's part of who I am? Not yet at all. But this is not a good place to be at. I need to be at a better place. This is not a good thought to have. Change the channel. This is a word I should not be talking about. I won't say those words. It's something I should not be doing. Compel yourself. That's called iskakia. Kibarachaam. Just run to a better place. Run to a fabrangan. Run to a shir. Run to a minion. Run to do a mitzvah. Do something. Compel yourself in a better place. Now, there's no depth in the relationship if the whole relationship is just about compelling yourself and forcing yourself as kafia. But you got to start there. And God really loves that moment of the change where the Jew crosses that line and says, I can't stay here anymore. I've got to do something. I can give you an example of that, perhaps. That there's such an important point in this concept known as Kabbalah's all, the yoke of heaven. Just do what you got to do. You know it's the right thing to do. Now, there's no question about it that there's, a, there's room for pride and joy in relationship with God. But at this stage, sometimes I don't have the luxury of pride and joy. God wants me just right now to be there for him, to do what he wants you to do. And I may not fully appreciate the depth of why that'll come later in Eir and Sivan, but in Nisan, the representation has to be just be there. I can give an example of this. Example of this might be a, a person is raising a child and the child is a little toddler, right? And the toddler is struggling with some Lego pieces. He's got little chubby fingers, trying to get it in together. And he's trying to build this beautiful Lego bike, the Lego house. And he's having a really hard time at it, right? Happiness doesn't come just because the Lego bike, the Lego house is being successfully built. The father can go ahead and build it for the kid. I built it. It's perfect. Here's your beautiful. No, no, the father wants to see the child build it on his own. And he's struggling and he's grappling with the pieces, trying to get it stuck in there. And he finally, he finally gets a piece in. And the child looks up at the father and he sees the father smiling. That happiness is much more than having the Lego house built by the father for the child. That smile the child sees in his father's face. He's so excited. Not because it was built, but the joy that the father has that the child made it happen. The child did it on his own. That joy comes from knowing that Hashem is smiling. Hashem is smiling because I changed my channel. I'm not going there. Hashem didn't change a channel for me. I did it on my own. I crossed the border out of Mitzrayim. I ran out. I can't be there. There's a joy. There's no question I said before. There's room for a lot of joy in the relationship of study and understanding and the feelings and the emotions. That's going to come into Shem in the month of the year. Right now, the month of Nisim, we have to acclimate ourselves to the concept of Kabbalah soul. The joy that Hashem has in our making that move, that motion. I'm no longer an Egyptian. I'm not staying there anymore. Do I get it? I'm three months away from Sinai. I got time to go. Nisim is seven. I'm going to get there, Mirza Hashem. But right now, it's my Avaita to make myself do it, I could borrow who wants, and we look up and we did the right thing, and you see the father smiling. You hear that, Bart? You see the father, like the child that sees the father smiling. The depth of that smile is worth a lot more than just giving the kid the Lego house. The fact that he put together the few pieces and the tati so excited. There's a depth of relationship that is there that's so powerful, so beautiful, that speaks, speaks much, much more than just the fact that it's done for the person. Small little step. 
What do we say about one small step for mankind, whatever? You know what? You live in Cape Canaveral, Cavalier. Uh, one small step for man, for mankind. It, it, it's, it, it represents the depth of relationship that you look up and you see your Tati smiling. You make the right choice. It's hard because you've been there for 210 years and you say, I can't think of that anymore. I'm different. I'm better than that. It's possible. I'm different. And I walk away from that. There's a beautiful depth of that Kabbalah soul in the right place. That, my friends, is the month of missing. That's stage number one, making small but very important moves in direction of I'm heading towards Sinai. I'm not there anymore. I don't have the depth yet. I don't have that pride and the joy that will come later. The emotion is not there yet, but I'm in the right space. I'm in the right trajectory. It's not Gavaldic, my friend. Rabbi. Yes, yes. From there, isn't, there the, the, isn't there the Midrash that Yehuda and Binyamin were the two tribes that ran to be the first ones in line, right? That they wanted to be the first ones to be leaving. And in the end, they were the two tribes that manifest Israel at the end because they're the ones that were running to, to, to be first to leave. Very nice, beautiful, yes. And the two of them are the ones that really had the area of what later became Jerusalem, the Temple Mount. They both shared spaces at the Temple Mount. You know that, That's that first level of energy, the excitement of this going where I have to be without the full appreciation of where, what, how, why, I know that's where I belong, and that's where I'm going to be. That's how I'm going to define myself. Okay, my friends, uh, that's stage one. With the Shem Torah, we're going to talk about stage two, the month of Eeyah. All right, it's 9 o'clock already. Thank <laughs> you. I got to catch my breath. Thanks, Rabbi. <laughs> okay, well, Thank you, Rabbi Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. 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 Th